WRFI Community Radio News is made possible by listeners like you. Help us tell important stories about your community. Head to wrfi.org slash donate. Historic Clinton House in downtown Ithaca. This is WRFI Community Radio News for Election Day, Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. I'm Felix Teitelbaum, in for Michaela Savitt. And I'm Fred Balfour. After the headline news, you'll hear another voter vignette. Then you'll hear interviews with Mike Siegler, chairman of the Tompkins County Republican Party, and Stacey Demas, second vice president of Tompkins County Democratic Committee. But first, here's a weather forecast, courtesy of the National Weather Service. For Election Day today, gusty winds and mostly cloudy with a high in the mid-40s. Tonight, mostly clear with low in the mid-30s. Wednesday, sunny with a high in the mid-60s and a low in the mid-40s. Looking to Thursday, mostly sunny with a high in the upper 60s and a low in the mid-40s. And now, here's tonight's news for Ithaca and Watkins Glen. In local news, voters in Tompkins County started to show up at the polls early this morning. The Ithaca Voice reports that a large early turnout uh, surprised some veteran poll workers. People waiting in line outside the First Baptist Church of Enfield told The Voice that they had been waiting for half an hour outside in brisk winds to vote. Enfield resident Timothy Andrews said that he and his wife saw the line, then went home and got warmer clothes. They decided to vote on Election Day because they saw it as being more patriotic to vote on the federally appointed day. Voters at the Ithaca Reform Temple in the town of Lansing who decided to uh, decline to release their names said that some of the issues they were focusing on were business and the economy. Another voter, Alexandra True, said that she was upset by President Trump's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. True, from a traditionally Republican family, said that she wanted to vote in person. Dewey Dawson, who was voting at the West Groton Church, stated that he was voting for Libertarian presidential candidate Joe Jorgensen. He chose to vote today because his polling place is within walking distance of his house. Dawson noted that he was supporting Jorgensen because he was neither in favor of Biden nor Trump. At around noon, poll worker Lurene Rosenbush noted that the Groton Town Hall polling location was notably busier than she had ever seen. Tompkins County voters avidly embraced the opportunity to vote early for the presidential election, according to the records from the Tompkins County Board of Elections. The Ithaca Times reports that 13,725 people came to vote during the nine early voting days offered for the presidential election. According to Stephen D. Witt, Democratic Commissioner of the Tompkins County Board of Elections, or BOE, this number far outpaced the 10,000 early voters he had expected. DeWitt notes that the BOE received requests for 14,919 mail-in ballots and so far has received over 11,000 returned absentee ballots. As of Monday, November 2nd, about half of registered voters in Tompkins County had voted based on returns. Although DeWitt could not predict how many voters would show up at the polls today, 
He remarked that participation in the present election is way up compared to previous elections. He added that although this election has made his staff work harder than ever, for the turnout, it's worth it. And just to note, polls are open in the county until 9 p.m. In other election news, records from the Federal Election Commissions, or FEC, show that in the campaign for New York's 23rd Congressional District, incumbent Republican Tom Reed brought in over two times the amount of donations than did his opponent, Democrat Tracy Metrano. The Ithaca Voice reports that Reed, Reed raised over $3.1 million and dispersed over $2.4 million, while Metrano brought in nearly $1.4 million and distributed over $1.25 million. Metrano raised more funds from New Yorkers than Reed did, totaling about $476,000 as compared to $410,000 brought in by Reed's campaign. But Metrano brought in seven times more contributions in the $200 or under category as compared to Reed, who brought in almost seven times more contributions in the $2,000 or over category. Metrano received almost 2,000 donations under 200, while Reed, Reed gained only 78 donations of that amount. Both Metrano and Reed spent the vast majority of their funds raised on consulting and advertising expenses. Write-in Democratic candidate Scott Noren raised over $77,000 and spent about $61,000, while Libertarian candidate Andrew Coltsy did not file campaign finance documentation with the FEC. And in more election news, a third grade teacher at South Hill Elementary School has published a book about voting based on a discussion that arose around last year's election day. The Ithaca Times reports that in early November last year, one student from Jake Chernikoff's class asked him why adults come to their school to cast their votes. After that, he wrote the question on his blackboard ever so often and held a discussion with his students about voting and making their voices count. After documenting his class's discussion, Chernikov collaborated with author Alex McConduit and illustrator Irwan Abaludin to write a book called Our Vote is Our Voice. To write the book, each student teamed up with a peer to do research on voting rights heroes such as John Lewis, Dorothy Cotton, and Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Chernikov had previously planned to write the book with McConduit, a longtime friend, but his students' question prompted him to start on the book last fall. This year, his students' research findings were incorporated into the book while meeting virtually with McConduit. The book will be available to purchase at Buffalo Street Books on a pay-as-you-wish basis. Looking at the local COVID-19 caseload, the latest numbers released yesterday by the Tompkins County Health Department indicate that there are three additional positive cases and 12 new recoveries. According to the County Health Department, that leaves 56 active cases of COVID-19 in Tompkins. In Schuyler County, there are six new cases of COVID-19 and 29 active cases reported as of today, according to the Schuyler County Health Department. It's election day, and voters should expect to be able to cast their ballots safely. And civil rights lawyers are ready to defend, in court, voting access and accurate, and accurate ballot counting. More on the latest U.S. election news, courtesy of our friends over at Pacifica Network and the Public News Service. 
Welcome to 2020 Talks, where we track the 2020 elections in uncharted territory. It should not be the case that anyone who stood in line to vote and honestly believes that they are a proper eligible voter should walk away from the polling place. This election day, after record-breaking early voting, Nancy Abudu with the Southern Poverty Law Center says voters have options if they run into problems at the polls. If you're in line when the polls close, they have to let you in. If your name's not on the voter rolls, Abudu says some states stopped updating their voter pages a few days earlier, and you can ask for a printed-out supplemental voter sheet or, last resort, cast a provisional ballot. The hotline number is 866-OUR-VOTE. We are directing all calls and complaints that we receive to that election protection hotline. We guarantee that someone will respond. Experts say the vast majority of voters will cast their ballots safely today, despite violent threats online, some pre-election vandalism, and isolated incidents of voter intimidation tactics, like armed onlookers outside the polls, pepper spray, and some Trump supporters blocking traffic. Dan Vallone, with the group more in common, says their polling indicates very few people want to see political violence. If somebody is concerned because of what they're seeing on social media or in the news, we can acknowledge the authenticity of those concerns and then talk about how many Americans are committed to peace. Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube are taking steps to prevent misinformation from being spread on their platforms, especially if a candidate tries to call the election before all votes are counted. President Donald Trump has privately told aides he would declare victory before that happens. Local election leaders have been working around the clock for months to ensure the massive number of mail-in ballots are all accounted for. Malone says just 41% of Americans believe the federal government can keep the election secure, but 68% have confidence in their local officials. Most Americans trust that at the local level we're going to get this election right, that our system has the capacity to deliver a legitimate result, and that our democracy has handled challenges before and that we're going to do it again this year. In addition to verbal attacks, the Trump campaign has been waging a legal campaign against mail-in ballots. Yesterday, Trump told reporters his lawyers will jump in with new legal challenges as soon as polls close. Civil rights and good government groups will continue defending voting access. Kristen Clark is with the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. To the extent that we encounter attempts to disenfranchise voters and reject or disqualify uh, absentee ballots after the election, we are fully prepared to mount emergency litigation. A federal judge agreed with her group as well as a Texas state court and rejected a Republican bid to invalidate more than 125,000 ballots cast at drive through locations in Harris County, which includes Houston. From Pacifica Network and Public News Service, I'm Lily Volke. Thanks to Mary Sherman with Ohio News Connection, and thanks for listening. And tune in tonight to WRFI at 9 p.m. for Democracy Now!'s special election coverage. We're also airing, airing all three hours of the Tom Hartman program tomorrow from noon to 3 for more up-to-date election news and results. Well, that concludes our headline news for tonight. Coming up, you'll hear a voter vignette submitted by Fred Balfour. After that, we'll present interviews with Mike Sigler, the chair of the Tompkins County Republican Party, and Stacey Demas, the Tompkins County Democratic Committee, uh, of the Tompkins County Democratic Committee, pardon me. After the break on WRFI News. Stay with us. Oh yeah, a little rusty here at the news.
Oh my. Felix Teitelbaum in for Michaela Savitt. And I'm Fred Balfour. The voter experience at the polls has changed dramatically this year. I recently contacted a local friend to ask her how things went when she voted early. While speaking with her, I learned that she returned to the polling location several times for an interesting reason. Here's our conversation. It was a cold and blustery day in early November when I called a friend to ask her about her experiences with early voting in Tompkins County. I'm Sherry, and uh, I live in Lansing with my husband and three children. And uh, did you vote early this year, Sherry? I did vote early. How did that go? Um, It was great. I waited for about 45 minutes. I waited in line um, also for my mother, and when I got close to the front of the line, I called her and she joined me. And it was it was easy. And I understand you did some other actions at the polling places this uh, this voting season. Can you tell about that? Sure. I was volunteering with an organization called Parents to Polls that was set up by a local mom who um, had an idea actually originally two years ago to help parents of young children vote more easily. And so. The idea was that if a parent with a baby or a toddler didn't want to bring their young child into the poll, that they could um, wait in their car, and then when they went into the polling place, the volunteer would stand next to the car to watch the sleeping baby. So that was the original idea, and um, she set it up this year for all of the early voting in Tompkins County. So volunteers took two-hour shifts, two people at a time. And we were actually just given instructions to help anyone in line who needed it. They said if someone's having a problem with mobility and they can't stand very long, that you could wait for them. If someone needed to use the bathroom, you could hold their spot. We gave directions to people with absentee ballots so that they could go to the front of the line and drop their ballot off. And generally just helping people um, who were waiting in pretty long lines. We did have long lines here this time, and some of my friends were an hour and a half to two hours in lines, and it hasn't been really warm weather either. Yeah, it was chilly. I was I had my long underwear on. I asked if she had a wide range of people that she was able to help out. I did. Um, actually, most of the people um, we helped were um, were struggling with mobility issues. Um, and I actually should tell you, like, I sort of went into this thinking, oh, I'd like to do something to help, but I don't, how many people are really going to need help waiting in line? Like, most people can probably do it. Um, and I was really surprised by the number of people who approached us to ask for help with all sorts of things. So I did have one mother who pulled up with a sleeping infant and toddler, um, and I waited in line for her, and then when I got to the front of the line, I went and stood next to her car while she voted. 
but more than that, I had a lot of people who were injured. I had a guy on crutches who I waited in line for. There was a really sweet woman who had knee replacement surgery two weeks earlier, and she was determined to wait in line with her walker. The line was about an hour long at that point. And about 20 minutes in, I went back to her and said, are you sure I can't help you? And she said, oh, you can. I'll go sit in my car. So I waited in line for her. And actually what we found was that um, with us facilitating those, um, you know, helpful experiences, most people in line were willing to push, pitch in. So um, for the woman who had her knee replacement, um, the gentleman standing behind said, oh, you don't have to stand here. Just tell her to look for my coat. And when I get to the front, she can come back in the line. And so I went and found her and said, okay, the man in the blue coat's holding your spot. <laughs> That's great. But really, it was more just, you know, kind of being there as a facilitator. And people are really cooperative, it sounds like. It's a wonderful story of community uh, caring for each other. It's true. Yeah, they were um, just a really positive attitude. And we say many thanks to Sherry and the others in her local group who volunteered on some cold and blustery days, wearing their long underwear, to help assist and make going to the polls a positive experience. For WRFI Community Radio, this is Fred Belfour reporting news from our communities of Ithaca and Watkins Glen. More real news and real people from real people in your community. That was Fred Balfour's story. The sharp contrast to some news about polling places across the country today. Earlier today, WRFI News contributor Esther Rakusen spoke with Mike Sigler, chair of the Tompkins County Republican Party, to find out what members of his party are doing on Election Day. Here's their conversation. I'm speaking with Mike Sigler, chairman of the Tompkins County Republican Party and also a Tompkins County legislator from District 6 including portions of the town of Lansing. So first off, I'm wondering what you and the other members of the Tompkins County Republican Party are doing today on Election Day. Well, you know, it's funny. When you're in the minority party in a county like this, you obviously don't have the numbers that the larger party has. So pretty much all of our people are working at, uh, at polling places. So if you go and vote, you're probably going to see one of our members at the polling places uh, working the polls. I'm wondering, do you have an idea of how many registered Republicans and Tompkins participated in the early voting days in New York State. What's your impression from just early voting? I don't know the exact numbers, but I mean, clearly the turnout for uh, early voting was, was higher than, um, than what maybe we've done in the past. With that said, it'll be interesting to see how it, um, if those numbers actually cut into election day voting. I mean, I have to kind of gather that a lot of people that voted early voting, at least a lot of the people I know, I, I saw them voting, they're friends of mine, I know that they were going to go vote anyway on Election Day. So I don't – it'll be interesting to see if that really increased the turnout model or it really just made it more convenient for people to vote. I'm wondering, what are some of the local races that you're watching? Well, I think our biggest one is um, the Oberacker race against Barber. I mean, so he's running for um, state senate, and um, that would cover, at least in Tompkins County, that would cover Dryden um, and Caroline, and this was a seat that was held for a very long time, I mean, since I was in high school, so since 1980s, by uh, Jim Seward, and then, you know, Jim Seward had a, a bout with cancer. Thankfully, he has been able to fight that, uh, that cancer off, but 
he decided not to run again because he really wanted to focus on that and knew he wouldn't be able to campaign like he had in the past. Um, but we were happy that Peter Oberacker, you know, stood up for the challenge. He um, comes from a county legislative background, which I like. Um, you know, so we'll know the county issues if he does indeed get elected. We also have Tom O'Meara, and he's got a strong challenger in uh, Leslie Dank Burke. You know, we've been working hard for him and trying to get him elected. And Dan Helming had, a, had an opponent as well. And we have just happened to have three senators in, in Tompkins County. So, What are some of the issues that you and the other members of the Tompkins County Republican Party are most concerned with in the current election? Well, the current election, well, you know, it's interesting, the state issues versus the national issues, right? So, um, from a state issue standpoint, you know, obviously COVID-19 has hit everybody, and that is a big issue for everybody. I mean, that's one or two, I think, in people's minds of, of, of what the state needs to deal with. That is certainly something that weighs so heavily on people's minds, and particularly, too, because there's no real end date, and, and that's a problem. The other major issue, I think, statewide for a lot of people is bail reform. It's clear that bail needed to be reformed, but I think a lot of people are looking at this going, you're kind of letting everybody out, and this is a problem. I mean, every day you're hearing a story about somebody who had been picked up and maybe should have been held for a little while. I think a lot of people are looking at that, and they're wondering where their state senators are on this and where their assembly people are on this and how they're going to fix it. After the end of election night, it's likely that many electoral races may not be decided due to large numbers of absentee ballots and mail-in ballots that will still need to be counted. What is your outlook on this situation? Well, I think we're always prepared for that. Um, you know, absentee ballots, we've, we've had those. The one thing that was different this year, I think, you know, New York State, I thought, handled it pretty well. You know, we've always had absentee ballots in New York State. And we just we kept the same model. We made it easier to get an absentee ballot by saying, listen, if you're if COVID-19 is your concern, that's your excuse. That You can get an absentee ballot using COVID-19. I thought that was a pretty fair accommodation by the governor. What, do you, what will you be doing to pass the time while you're waiting for all the votes to be counted? The biggest thing you want to do today is get your people to the polls. And that's how you do that. You got to make phone calls and say, hey, listen, have you voted yet? Is there any reason, you know, can I get you there? Do, I, do you need a ride? What do you need to get there? So uh, Mike Sigler chairman of the Tompkins County Republican Party and legislative representative for District 6 in the county. Thank you for talking with me today. I appreciate your time. And again, that was Esther Rakusen's conversation with Mike Sigler, chair of the Tompkins County Republican Party and legislative representative of Tompkins County's 6th District. And now on the line, we have Stacy Demas, a second vice chair of the Tompkins County Democratic Committee, to hear what the committee is up to on this election night. Stacy, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for inviting me. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. First off, uh, what are you and your fellow uh, Democrats up to this evening? Um, <laughs> phone banking, texting. <laughs> We're still out there trying to get people to the polls and you know communicate to. Um, actually throughout the country to make sure Democrats show up um, not only for our local elections but also um, in major swing states. So still texting, still phone banking. <laughs> and are you uh, reminding some folks, are you finding some folks uh, didn't have a plan? Some people didn't. You know, um, most of the people we've talked to, you know, have early voted. Um, 
you know, or sent in an absentee ballots, but there are a few, and, you know, people sometimes don't always aren't clear on their polling site, so it was really good to follow up and make sure that, you know, people on Election Day do know where their polling, polling site is. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end. <laughs> so uh, how about locally here? Do you have an idea of how many registered Democrats in the area took part in the early voting days? I do not, but that is a great question. <laughs> I can yeah. ask Steve DeWitt and get back to you on that one. Good time will tell, I suppose. And Yeah, right. Uh, and how about today's turnout? Have you been involved in any uh, poll watching or anything like that? Um, it's, uh, I haven't personally, but I've been getting reports from um, people on the ground that today has been a pretty slow day in comparison. I don't know if you saw the lines during early voting, but yeah. um, there were a lot of lines both uh, at the two uh, town of Ithaca and as well at the near the airport locations where there are long lines for that. So, But apparently that wasn't the case today. So that's great. So people got managed to get in and out, and that's wonderful. And uh, no problems uh, at the polls uh, uh, over the duration between the early voting days and today, or were there any reports? No, as far as I know, everything went re really smoothly. Um, you know, Steve DeWitt and uh, Elizabeth Cree both did spectacular jobs making sure that the the um, polling locations were prepared for making social distancing and having protocols in place to ensure that everyone could vote um, safely and securely. Wonderful. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, what local races are you uh, keeping a particular eye on right now? Uh, local races, uh, you know, Tracy Matrano, Leslie Danksburg, um, Anna Kellis does have a, a, a challenger, so. Uh, I'm monitoring that as well. Elizabeth Gary, um, Justice Gary, she's awesome. She's an amazing person. So I'm really excited to have her on the ballot this year. So, yeah, just looking um, towards uh, the women. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of our, a lot of women this year. Yes, there are a lot of women on the ballot, and we are super excited that we have so many um, on there to represent uh, Tompkins County and various districts. Yeah, I'm reminded of um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, question about how many people, how many women on the Supreme Court would be enough, and, uh, and I think maybe the same answer applies in this case. It does. Um, uh, what are some of the issues do you think uh, the members of the committee are most concerned about this election? I think a lot of us are worried about COVID. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I work from home. So, and uh, my kids are at home, so it's been a very interesting year, <laughs> to say the least. Um, social justice is a big one for us as well, and, and you know, uh, the environment. Um, so, you know, that we have some really big issues at hand, and, and you know, COVID has you know really brought home how much we need uh, rural internet. I live on a farm, and my internet is very <laughs> spotty, to say the least, on a good day. And, I'm working at home, and my kids need to be educated. So, you know, there's a lot of issues that arise out of COVID that um, I think will need to be addressed not only locally but um, nationally as well. All right. And uh, finally, given that ballots in a lot of many areas will take extra time this year to count uh, and there are some uh, <laughs> expected challenges uh, uh, and attempts to cha uh, challenge the complete count, what do you recommend to voters in the area who want to make sure that we have a fair and complete tally of results? You know, I honestly I have a lot of faith in our election uh, process. Um, like I said, like Elizabeth Cree and Steve DeWitt, they are incredible, knowledgeable people, and I have absolute faith that um, here. Um, and 
you know, for the most part, everywhere else, like, I do believe in the process, and I do believe that everything uh, will be uh, transparent and executed properly within the law. Well, and it does come down to uh, local officials, uh, more or less everywhere, uh, to at least at, at, on the first, first, first uh, on the first level. That's where it all comes down, and that folks generally trust that. So, uh, Stacy Demas, thanks so much for joining us tonight. You are the uh, vice chair, second vice chair of the Tompkins County Democratic Committee, and I thank you for joining us on our news program. Thank you so much, Felix, for having me. Have a great night. All right. Uh, and that'll do it for our program tonight. Our website is wrfi.org, where you can take another look and listen to the original news features by the WRFI news team and get the latest news from local, national, local, regional, and state stories about COVID-19. Uh, you can hop over to uh, wrfi.org slash coronavirus. The headlines at the top of our program were written tonight by WRFI contributor Esther Rakusen. Esther also produced today's show. Today's feature producers were Esther and my co-host Fred Balfour. Michaela Savitt is the news director and executive producer of the program. Uh, if you have questions, a tip, or comment on the t for the news team, you can reach our team of reporters at news at ithacaradio.org or call or text the studio at 607 441-9734. Again, remember to tune in later tonight starting at 9 p.m. for Democracy Now!'s live coverage of uh, Election Night 2020, and we'll be back tomorrow night and every weekday night to bring you uh, at 6 to bring you more of the stories impacting our communities. On behalf of the entire WRFI news team, take care, be well, and have a good evening. One, two, three. WRFI. <laughs>